heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Mavericks for Friday, October 14th. Um, and thank you for listening to Locked On Mavericks. Feel free to uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Do all that fun stuff, that nice stuff that, uh, that good listeners do. Because we do this for absolutely free on a daily basis for you so that you can enjoy it. And we are 12 days away from the start of the regular season uh, in Indiana against the Pacers. Uh, I'm pretty fired up. I've had my coffee. I'm wearing a dry fit t-shirt. Oh, I've watched two to three jet ski vids. Whoa, hey! So, just coming in hot on this Thursday. I feel like you're uh, you're telling me that you're at performance level. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Some people don't know what that means. Some people don't know what it means to play at uh, to play at Longhorn speed. But uh, think, that's that's what we're doing. I think some people they're just afraid to know. I know some of them aren't ready. Actually, you know what I mean. Like, sometimes they just ain't ready. Oh, well, uh, my name is Mike Marshall. You can follow me at Machine Sports on Twitter. You can follow the show at Locked on Mavs on Twitter. We'll always post whenever an episode uh, is fresh out the oven. Uh, that funny man on the other end of the phone line is Jacob Kemp at Not Jack Kemp on Twitter. You can listen to him daily, uh, noon to 3 on uh, Bad Radio, on Sports Radio 13, Send the Ticket, and on Sundays, 8 to 11, on The Shake Joints. Thank you for being here, bro. How you doing? Doing awesome. We're only a couple weeks away. Dude, we're so close. We are, um, what it looks like, uh, six, seven episodes. <laughs> That's all I keep counting. One, one of episodes. One of our problems needs to be on, on whether or not the Mavericks will let people dress as clowns to their home opener on Friday, October 28th. It is a big issue that we need answers to. A couple so. years ago, uh, our buddy Tim... Um, him and his girlfriend had very good seats to the game on Halloween night, or it was like a Saturday before Halloween, whatever the, the home game closest to Halloween on a weekend was. Right. And she went, again, this is a woman, an attractive woman. She went as Randy Marsh when Randy Marsh dressed up as Lord. <laughs> and it was on TV. That's the greatest thing. It was, they got on television. and Hell yeah. Do you think Derek Harper knew what to do with a woman and <laughs> as a man dressed as a woman? <laughs> Harp doesn't know what to happen whenever someone's dancing in the stands, yeah. like on a normal day. He like his brain just stops. He's like, "You handle this." Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah well, uh, the clowns already got to uh, got to Slipknot. So I mean, what's next? Uh, you know, you know one day, given like they were. I mean, I'm at every home game here, and a lot of them. We, we, we might need to do like even before the year starts, the games start. Like, because I imagine there's also a lot of people, if you're listening to this, you probably go to a few games. Like, we need to talk yeah, about, about a few, few things that happen at every Mavs game. <laughs> okay. Like, we need to talk the, about the, the old guy. The AAC experience? Yeah. 
We need to talk about the old guy, the upgrade from uh, P- Pizza Patron. From Patron to Hut. Uh, yep. We probably need to talk about David Pigeon always giving a second chance <laughs> on the half court shot. Always. We need to probably do a halftime show ranking. We could stand to rank the games that you can win free stuff yes. with. American uh, American Airline Miles for life. I think I'm a big fan of the of the one fry of toss, but let's okay. save all this. I like when you make your own burger. Yeah, you got to stack it <laughs> on up the, on the on the Tic Tac Toe yeah. board or whatever yeah. it is. Uh, we could do a whole episode on Chris Arnold if we wanted to. Oh, that would be heavily Just featured. Cr- cr- critiquing critiquing the his uh, his performance. But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening to Locked On Mavs. We're part of the uh, Locked On Podcast Network. There's something for you on there, for your NFL team, your, uh, your fantasy sports delight. Uh, go around and find it. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team. It's every day. Today, let's tell you what we're going to do so that you will stick around. That's called a tease. Um, Johnny Opping of uh, Internet fame. He writes for everybody. Um, I think he told me at Media Day that Vice paid most of his bills last year. But he does, uh, he does a lot of other stuff. Um, he does stuff for Real GM. Um, he writes for everything that you could possibly uh, be interested in on the Internet. Really good dude. Um, so I would just point you to his Twitter account because he'll probably tweet whenever he, um, whenever he posts something, uh, something interesting that he's written. So at J-O-N-N-Y-A-U-P-I-N-G. So, yeah, let's pick over this uh, Johnny Opping article. Like I said, go check out his Twitter to find uh, some of his more recent work. I saw he's doing something for Texas Monthly, actually, today. That was really interesting about a church in South Texas that's trying to make the largest, like, man-made cross in the the hemisphere. Something just super interesting. So check out all his stuff. He's great. It's not about uh, Chip and JoJo? I don't know what that is. He's not trying to bring bring down Chip and JoJo from Fixer Upper? (laughs) <laughs> no, I don't think so. Well, call me if you need tips. <laughs> okay, I'm interested now. We got the spin-off podcast, Bringing Down Fixer Upper. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm here for it. Um, the article's called Dirk Nowitzki is the NBA's safe place for combo guards. And uh, I think we've had, we've been on this trail. Like, we've been on the, um, we've been following the scent for a while of what he's actually kind of pinpoints down and um, make some sense out of. I believe I kind of started calling it um, secondary ball handlers um, because it doesn't have to be necessarily a guard. It is a lot of the time, obviously. Um, but Chandler Parsons was this role last year, just a guy that's like a um, you know higher than a C-grade ball handler that can create his own shot and definitely stop at the top of the key and knock down a, uh, a jumper consistently. And he pinpoints Jason Terry, uh, J.J. Barea, uh, and Monte Ellis um, in the article and how their careers really flourished uh, next to Dirk despite all their other shortcomings. At least offensively, they flourished. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the trick is everybody wants a balanced player, but if you can get a guy that does 80% of a traditional point guard or 80% of a traditional, you know, flat-out scoring two, uh, for one of these dudes that people, you know, have labeled as imperfect players or don't have roles, like, you know, Seth Curry, like J.J. Barea, like maybe even Jonathan Gibson at some points this year, then you're kind of cheating the system. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird situation because we don't really have, like, an all-encompassing stat in basketball the same way we do in baseball. 
Um, I mean, you there are a number of different things you can use with whether it's VORP or uh, the real plus minus stats or PER, but I like those numbers and I like to consult them, but war is like to me an end all be all. Yeah. Um, maybe if one guy's five, like one guy's 5.0 and one guy's 4.0, I would never get into a barroom fight over that. Mm-hmm. But you know, in basketball, it's way tougher because it's so much more contextual. But to me, I think the point of Johnny's article that really made sense to me was just that, there are guards in the NBA that because they are limited defensively and perhaps even they're limited in their ability to do everything offensively, they need a little nudge. They need a little help offensively. So when we've talked about this, you and I before, a guy that you don't have to give a nudge to is Damian Lillard or Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. A guy that you don't have to give a nudge, a nudge to for different reasons is Chris Paul. Chris Paul is not necessarily the drive-to-the-rim player that maybe Monte is, but he does so many other things well offensively that it doesn't matter. But the nudge that Dirt gives the smaller, because these guys are always smaller. Right. Like, almost uniformly, somebody that you call a, uh, a combo guard is smaller. Yeah. They are... Um, it's so funny because I feel like if you throw like a combo guard skill set on a, on like a taller player on like a three, then it'd be charming. Well, part of that is because they would be able to defend a little bit better just by being longer. Because the combo guard is naturally going to be, uh, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's correlated to size, but they're usually a little quicker. Yeah. So if you were to say, "Hey, stay that same quickness, but be six four or six five instead of five eleven or six foot," then now you've got a two way player, but. Mm-hmm. The pick and pop, as you know, anybody can thrive uh, with Dirk's pick and pop, but these type players usually thrive even more because they have either in Terry's case the ability to shoot, in Monte's case the ability to drive, in JJ's case the ability to drive and to dribble. That what you usually end up with is a small player guarding the combo guard. Mm-hmm. And when a small player guards the combo guard, and then Dirk, who is often the biggest player on the floor, screens that guard. They are helpless in fighting over it. So Dirk's screens are, they get incrementally more valuable dependent on the height of the player he's screening and mm-hmm. the girth of the player he's screening. So if you're guarding Monte Ellis with your smallest guard or JJ or you know even in the old days Nash, that's going to be even more effective than it is if it's your regular point guard or your regular two guard because that's a little body trying to fight over a massive body, mm-hmm. and you can't. You have to go over it. You can never yep. go under that. You're and in, never going in theory, under you're creating way more space. By, you're creating space by your reaction to that pick. Mm-hmm. And now uh, not only is Dirk open uh, early – Late, what's going to happen is you're going to go over it and you're going to scramble back to Dirk. And Dirk has always been a pretty skilled passer. So he can either find that same guard on a given go or that guard will just never have to give the ball up to Dirk because you're so worried about the pick and pop. Yeah. And and you mentioned it. It's, it's usually every team has one of these combo guard guys or at least, you know, maybe a handful of them on some units. Uh, if you value, value that kind of position, it's usually teams that have <laughs> missed out on A-level free agents. Surprise, surprise. Um, but the combo guard is going to be guarding the combo guard in most sets. And you're assuming that you can get more um, points per possession 
out of your combo guard versus their combo guard simply because Dirk is there. Simply because he's the cheat code that is always there to bail you out for a good look. That even if you aren't a, you know, a, uh, a visionary with the basketball, if you don't see the entire court and you can't make, you know, on the dime passes, you can lob the ball up seven and a half feet in the air right. um, and have him, you know, bail you out. And that's one of the things I think we haven't appreciated enough as a – like, we only know one way of basketball um, as a Mavericks uh, fandom because we've watched it for 15 years. And it's Dirk bailing out whoever is on the court with a, you know, a high enough percentage look late in the, in the shot clock. And I think it's going to be exceptionally weird when he steps aside and we're watching a whole new geometry of, uh, of basketball. But he does mention that uh, – he touts Johnny Opping's article. He touts Nowitzki as probably the most utilizable pick and pop player in NBA history, and you know that kind of made me pause for a second. And then I was like, I mean, outside of Carl Malone, he's probably right, because um, I can't think of anybody else. Maybe Malone, KG. You know, there's a couple other dudes that ran it really stinking well, but not not to that level, um, and not all the way to the three point line either. And that's where you get the cheat. That's where you get the cheat code. Um, is stepping out to the three and upping your points per possession um, that you're getting from guys that honestly are very flawed players and don't have, you know, the tool set to necessarily be a star or even, um, you know, get long-term deals in the league. And I think feel like that's something that the Mavs have done really well is pinpoint, yeah. pinpoint these guys and say, I can make something of this guy. Like, I thought Monte was going to be a disaster. I think everybody did. When JJ came back, um, I didn't think you know anything of it. I was like, "Oh, that's adorable! How cute!" But these dudes don't work like this anywhere else, right? And I think they should be applauded. Yeah, I mean they should be, but also they should be because they're basically just recognizing the skill set that Dirk affords them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. not like they they they're using the slack they have. Yeah, and they're ma- they're maximizing the slack that they have. Yeah. Uh, so it's like it's a weird situation because it's not necessarily the type of personnel decisions that are going to make you a title team. Mm-hmm. Now, Berea had a huge part to play in the title, but True. you know that's not <laughs> that's not the same as assembling like a you know a draft and develop assembling like we're talking about basically. The equivalent of finding a nickel corner, right? That nobody else could see would be good at that in the sixth round or undrafted. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 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 basketball, it's so much more complicated with regard to having to find guys who are two way players than in football because in football there's so many guys on the field and you you can substitute after every play. Every possession, you know, offensive defense changes in the NBA uh, and just in the game of basketball in general, obviously, like you really don't have the opportunity to situationally substitute outside of the last 45 seconds of a game. Mm -hmm. So it can still be problematic because when you play Dirk, you're already taking it uh, in his prime and average defensive player, as Johnny points out, uh, and in his his post-prime, a minus. If you put another player on the floor – which every single combo guard is uh, below average defensively. Now we're at two, so yeah. now you better have it. You better have three plus defenders at the other three spots, 
and that's really hard to find. Yeah, absolutely. Three plus defenders that are like worthy of starting um, and can give you enough on the offensive end, or just can carry their weight on the offensive end. Those are really rare. And as you were talking, I was like thinking of, you know, the slack that this affords you in your roster and what works best with it. Um, I think like if the Mavericks. I'm not going to say J.J. Barea is like a huge part of their future, but just let's just assume like a lot of their offense is going to be run through J.J. Barea and Dirk pick and rolls. Um, and that's going to be a lot of, a lot of minutes going to be dedicated to that. Not necessarily a starting position, but is a like, I mean, Jason Kidd was perfect for it, <laughs> honestly, because he could pass really well. He wasn't like a shot creator and uh, he was above average defensively. Yeah. It, it, it allows you to search these prototypes that aren't necessarily sought after by all teams in the league. And of course, Kid was at the time, but you can you can use you know example of um, Patrick Beverly and dudes like that. That I have, would love, love, love yeah. to have had Beverly here when he was restricted a couple yeah. of years ago. Loved yeah, it. and they're more valuable here than they would be anywhere else. And so the money you're investing in them is you know returned twofold because they give you something and they work better um, off ball and off you know assist hunting than you know your traditional point guards do and this this just got me even more fired up for Seth Curry this year quite honest quite honestly because he can create his own shot uh he's perfectly fine running um through screens and stepping back blindly to the three and just catching and shooting like on a snap of a finger we've seen that already in preseason uh the flare screens the creativity they use and then him Picking and popping off Dirk, I think, is going to be – I don't know if it's going to be their most efficient play, but, dude, I think it's going to be, like, the most automatic thing that they have uh, yeah. con- consistently on the offensive end. Okay, so the last thing I'll say uh, is I'm interested in the idea of if you had – and it's probably too late to figure this out now because Dirk only has a few years left – but if you had the right type of center, mm-hmm. could you start a combo guard at point guard? Or the right type of center, and you had Wes Matthews, yeah. who is a shooting, defending two. <clears throat> yeah, three he, and D he, two. He, yeah, three and D two. Mm-hmm. If you have a three and D two, and you have Dirk, and you have a rim protector, could you not possibly, and I guess... To add to that, you have a defensive player. You have basically two, three, and D wings. Mm-hmm. If you could just allow your mind to uh, journey with me to JJ Brea or Seth Curry starting point guard land. Yeah. No, I think they're not going to play thirty six minutes. Yeah, I'm. St- I'm still talking about you know twenty seven minutes, but Darren's not going to play thirty six minutes either. Right. So, if you, and if you average Darren Darren's minutes over actual an eighty-two game schedule, like he's gonna miss fifteen games. So you're getting like the same effect. And the only reason I would say that Berea may be a little bit less attractive option is that he can't really shoot the way Curry can. Right. That's. I know it sounds that's insane because he was a late free agent mm-hmm. uh, signing that was for nothing. But given Dirk's history with players like Curry, yeah. And given what they have on the wing, I I think this is probably going to somewhat sort itself out because Darren's going to miss some games. Yeah. 
And I think that they would probably prefer to continue to bring Bray off the bench. But I think you're going to see a you know handful of games this year where, out of necessity, Seth Curry is starting at point guard. And I think you're going to like it. I think so, too. And that's that's an interesting idea um, heading into next season. I mean, we'll get, we'll get our own little um, trial of it a couple times this year with Bogut at center. But I wonder, like, what's the perfect center for that? You know what I mean? Because Wes is going to be here and Harrison's going to be here. Like, there's no way around that. Um, so your your margin for, for upgrade, and I mean, maybe you just add depth. Maybe you just add good two-way player depth around uh, that formula, and you're able to get away with it. Well, I mean, what they have is what they have. You know, I mean, you're pretty much reliant on Salah and, and Bogut. I mean, and I guess maybe to a certain hopeful extent AJ Hammonds but I mean I don't really I don't have a lot of hope for that like yeah I mean I mean next year uh oh okay uh after after a summer well uh painstakingly enough I think what your prime scenario is DeAndre Jordan (laughs) yeah about that outside of that um Mm -hmm. you know outside of that I think you no longer need to be thinking about Dirk yeah no I I agree. Um, maybe maybe you have to think about Barnes and Matthews, and maybe at that point, dude, it would be pretty refreshing if they feel like they could go into next year with Curry as their starting point guard because he puts up some inflated numbers playing with Dirk. Well, uh, that as as that this, allows you, know, you a lot a lot of money to play with too, right? Like that. I mean. The traditional sense, if someone looks at this roster for 30 seconds and they look at who's going to be free after this season, I'm sure they're saying uh, big-ticket center, uh, big-ticket point guard, right. one or the other, and uh, you know, fill in the best you can other positions. But if you just slide Curry in there or if you're comfortable starting Berea, um, dude, that gets really interesting real fast. And you're zigging when everyone else would have zagged. And I'm not saying it's necessarily going to work out perfect for you, but I'd love to see the experiment. Yeah, especially if if they could actually land like landing that big ticket player, as we know, is is not just going to take money. It's going to take somebody looking at the roster and being like, "Oh, that's interesting." And right. And if if Seth Curry ends up being a guy who, in his limited time this year, convinces them that he's able to be a starter, it will largely be because he was playing with Dirk. Mm-hmm. But I don't care. Right. <laughs> like. Numbers are numbers, um, and he may not end up being, you know, seventy percent of the player he was whenever he had Dirk. But if it helps them land someone else, yeah, and it helps convince them that they don't need to go out and spend thirty million dollars a year on a point guard, mm-hmm. I'll take it. Yeah, no, I'm very, I'm very interested to see how this the combo guard thing works out. Um, all right, well, uh, let's get locked in tonight for Operation Dwight Powell preseason scoring title how about that <laughs> um i think you mean regular season uh, let's just start with the preseason first <laughs> that's just like 38 million dollars <laughs> so. hey hey he's got to get some kind of hardware this is the closest he's going to get to any kind of award ever so just, hey, let, him, just hey, let him have it hey <laughs> just let him have it hey well uh awesome uh check out johnny's article on real gm dirk Nowitzki is nba safe place for combo guards 
um, and interested to hear some of your thoughts on it if you have emails or, uh, or want to tweet us at LockedOnMavs or LockedOnMavs at gmail.com. All right, we will see you uh, Monday around these parts. So thank you for listening. Feel free to subscribe and uh, rate and review us, all those nice things that these uh, nice people that I've heard of, they do. Uh, Jake, thank you for your time, man. Long live Jason Terry. <laughs>